Matthew 13, 1 through 23. Tonight we're going to read on about um, the four soils. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him. So he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood in the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on a shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have Deep roots, they died. After seeds fell among thorns, they grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as has been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples came and asked him, Why do you use parables when you talk to the people? He replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more more understanding will be given. And they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. This is why I use these parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth. Many prophets and righteous people long to see what, is, what you see, but they didn't see it. You, and they long to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed 
that was planted in, in their hearts. The seed on, a ro- on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But they don't have deep roots. They don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly uh, hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30 60, or even a hundred times as much as had been planted. What I'd like to do is go through each one, each soil, and break it down. Like in verse 4, Some were scattered amongst the footpath um, who hear but don't understand. Um, And verse 5 is shallow soil. They are for those who spiritually hear. Um, Hold on, let me just go back one. Anyway, uh, you have the, the shallow soil. Then you have the ones among thorns in verse 7. All seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Then you have the fertile soil. Those who hear and want to grow. Now the parables. They are for those spiritually who hear. And they represent different responses to God's message. I want to break down, like, on verse 19, which jumped down to 19. Verse 19. The seed that fell on a footpath is the one who hears the message but don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to them. They stay in their ways and there's no change. And Satan takes the seed away. I have an example of that by, at my job, years, many years ago, I uh, had somebody I worked with who used to drive past my house to get to work, so we figured, well, let's save money. So we drove together. So we would switch off. Every week, one would drive, and then the other would drive. So the week he drove, I really prayed. You do have a captive audience now, so I figured, let's utilize this time. So he was driving, and we're driving down the highway, and I decided to start talking about, you know, asking him questions about where he was in his relationship with God, or if he even had one. 
he asked me, one thing led to the other, and then he asked me that, um, if I believe that there's only one way. I said, wow, that was an opportunity. To... I said, well, the Bible teaches that there is only one way. I said, you do believe that Jesus died on the cross for you, and he's Catholic? He said, yes. I said, do you believe he died for your sins? He goes, yes. I said, if there's any other way, why would he have died such a dreadful death? I thought he may just be quiet about it. He got really hot and heavy. He got yelled, and I thought we were going to go off the road. But at least I know where I'm going. And his main focus was that we were hypocrites and we were shallow as Christians. Because how can we think there was only one way to heaven? I said, because the Bible teaches that. And I said, it doesn't make any sense. If you know the truth and you know the gospel and what Jesus did for you, for your sins, why would it not make sense to have any, another, like, why would it make sense to have another way? It logically doesn't make sense to me. It can only be one truth. He still got hot under the collar and he wouldn't talk for the rest of the ride. But I just prayed I planted a seed with that. So, I'm sure that each one of you have somebody that you spoke to or you continue to try to speak to and you just don't want to hear it. It really does break my heart because I really don't. I still see him at work and stuff. He moved to a different department, but he, um, my heart breaks for people like that because I know that if he died right as soon as he walked out that door from work that he'd be going to hell. I wouldn't want that for anyone. And we, none of us should. Now, for verse 20, the rocky soil. This is for people who hear the message quickly and receive it. It's for those people who walk in and they hear the message, but they're very impulsive. They go by feelings. They go by right at that moment. But they really don't consider what they're doing. And they receive it, but they don't really take it to heart. It's a, an emotional moment. The roots never go down deep. And they don't get into the word because they... They never really took it serious. They may have just wanted fire insurance. But they never really realized what a true relationship with Jesus Christ is all about. But now when the storms come, and when those difficulties come, they are easily swayed. And they just go right back into their old lives again. An example of this is like um, crabgrass. If you let it go, it will take over. But you can easily pull it up out of the ground because the roots are very shallow. You can easily just pull it right out because those, they're not deep down in the soil. If we don't get into the Word of God, 
it will happen to us. If we look at, if we continue to look at the things and the storms and the trials and <clears throat> the riches of this world, we will panic and we could go down. And I wouldn't want that for anyone either. Now on verse 22... This is the seed that fell among thorns. This is those who hear the message, but one is overcome by the worries of this world, the lure of riches. Am I in the right? Yes. So there is little fruit produced. But this one also is overcome by worries and lure of riches too. And not remembering where their strength and who controls these storms. An example of someone who really came to mind when I was going over this study was Judas. I can't imagine having an opportunity, and I've sat and I talk, you know, and think in my car since I drive such a long distance. I just sit and I ponder on what it would be like to be with Jesus, and physically. If I was Judas, I'm not saying I would fall, sh- fall short of doing what was done, or I wouldn't make stupid choices, but just that opportunity to have time with Jesus Christ, learning being taught directly from him in the flesh. I can't imagine that. But Judas was there. Even with that, it shows our sinful nature. If we let it overcome us. He actually hung out with Jesus. He heard the message. But he was influenced by the things around him. Peer pressure and buy a bag of gold by the riches of this world. But after he realized what he did, it was too late. But after realizing what he did, he couldn't handle just what he knew he did to Jesus. He ended up killing himself because he couldn't handle it. Now in verse 23, this was the seed that fell on good soil. This is one who hears the word and truly understands it. A person who is in prayer, this is a person who seeks all that he can get from the Lord. He wants to get to know him. He wants to seek his direction. He seeks his wisdom to get wisdom for everything that the Lord has in store for him or her.
This is a person I see who's studying the word, who really thirsts for the word of God. This is a person who is in fellowship with other believers. person who is obedient. This is a person whose roots are deeply rooted and is closer to the source of life that is given. This is a person who is well grounded, who can't get enough of God's word. This person can't help but want to share God's word, God's love, being other-centered, wanting to tell people and can't keep it to themselves. This is a person who's serving, who can't help but want to serve. You know, we can't pay back the penalty that Jesus paid for us. We can't pay that back. It's something beyond we can never repay. That's why it should make us as Christians truly want to be all that he desires for us to be. We should seek him every day in every situation. This is a person who can't help but give out the fragrance of Jesus Christ wherever they go. And again, they're others-centered. This is a situation one time I was actually obedient. We went to the mall, my wife and I, my daughter, and Kayla, to go clothes shopping. And we went to the mall, walking around, and these stores didn't have tools in it. I wasn't interested. So I decided, as they were looking out for clothes and stuff, to go out in the middle of the mall and sit down. So I sat down. I noticed this man sitting across from me. His name was Joe. I went to get up, though, and I wasn't going to be obedient. I was like, I just wanted to walk around because I'm, for those who don't know me, I'm an adult ADD person. I can't sit around. But I chose to be obedient this time. And I turned around and sat back down, and Joe and I started talking. He and I just started in conversation about just... I started joking with him to open up the conversation, like, so I see that you, you love to shop for girls' clothes, too. And he was like, yeah, I'm shopping with my daughter, which was, I thought was really neat. But we kept talking and talking, and it turned out that he was divorced like me. And the more we started talking, him and I had so many things in common. He actually got a divorce around the same time I did, 10 years ago. He, so I started talking to him. I asked him, so I asked him if he goes to church. He said, I did. But when I got a divorce, I stopped going. That was over 10 years ago. I asked him, I said, what's stopping you? He goes, I don't know. 
I said, I said, I have a home group at my house, you know, and I, I just love it. But I, that's what got me through the hard times. It's my relationship with Jesus Christ. And I, could, I couldn't imagine going through life without him. So I asked him, I said, well, where, what area do you live? He goes, Old Bridge. I said, oh, I said, I used to, my wife and I used to live in Old Bridge. I said, where in Old Bridge did you live? He goes, in Glenwood Apartments. I said, that's where we lived. I said, do you know Calvary Chapel Old Bridge over there? He goes, oh, yeah, I, I know about it. So I said to him, I said, have you ever visited it? He goes, no. I said, why not? Again, he goes, I don't know. So I told him, I said, why not visit it? I said, they have awesome contemporary style of music, if you're into that. I said, they teach right from word, scripture, verse by verse by verse, right from the Bible. And he looked at me like he was in, like, surprised. He went, really? I was like, yeah. And then he started opening up more about um, the divorce, you know, and the pain he felt. And, but then his daughter started walking up, and he saw me with my eyes looking over there, and he knew that I meant, and he looked over, and he saw it going, so he had to stop. But he, we both got up. He introduced me to his daughter, and then I, we both got up, and he looked over at me, he put out his hand, he said, and he said it with his eyes, too. He said, thank you. It's like, you're welcome. And I knew what he meant. It gives me chills thinking about it. Matter of fact, it caused me to want to cry, but it really, to be used by God, there's nothing like it. And to know that I possibly planted a seed because of obedience. It's nothing that I did other than just be obedient. And I can't imagine how many times I blew it. And to my brothers and sisters, those who have a relationship with the Lord, man, I wouldn't want to see you miss out on those opportunities because many of you know what it's like to have one and how it is to see somebody just light up the bulb lit and just say that you may have touched somebody's life. That's what it's like to have deep roots, to have a seed planted in good soil. I wouldn't want to see anyone not take advantage of that relationship that you have with the Lord and not take it for granted. When I finally did that, it really woke me up. It really made me think, like, wow, even being up here, just being used, that's a gift from God. He doesn't need us. He allows us to do all this. A good example of somebody that I feel, because I've done a study, and he really touched me, there's many examples in Scripture, but Paul. He's an amazing example of someone who finally got it. He got it. He realized what he had. He realized where he was. He 
persecuted and he murdered Christians. By the end of his life, he was writing letters from prison. No one could stop him. That's the life I want. Not maybe murdering anybody, but I mean, I don't. I, I, at this point in my life, I don't want to be stopped by anything or anyone. I've had situations at my own job where I was persecuted. Number one, I remembered that Jesus Christ went through the worst. And there are people overseas, as Pastor Joe has shared from the pulpit, that going through, they're having their lives taken. But when you choose to live 100% for him, you're going to be persecuted. But I'll tell you, as Jesus puts it in the word, that it's worth it. It's so worth it. And it's beyond me why any of us would want anything different. Because what he has in store for each one of us is the best thing that we could ever have because he has the best in mind for us. You know, I know I'm going to sidetrack here, but I feel led to say this. You know, like I was mentioning about the crabgrass, how much many of us put a lot of effort into our lawns, may not even be lawns, could be anything in life that we put at a higher priority. We put a lot of effort into it. Are we as Christians putting that same effort into our relationship with Jesus Christ? If we are not, that item in our life is an idol. And we need to put it aside and put God above that. He deserves it for what he did for you and me on that cross. I want you to examine yourself in a way of if you're the one who is turning away and God is trying to get your attention and you just don't want to listen. You think you know it all. I mean, this is more for people that are listening online right now or to CD. As I would hope that anybody who's here really wants to know God's word. But for those who may be listening that Don't continue to shut them out because one day your life's going to end. You may walk out. We knew some, a brother here who was, he was a sweet guy. I mean, unfortunately, I didn't get to know him very long because I wasn't here that long, but it was long enough to know what kind of guy he was, and he was a sweet guy. He left that church, and he never made it back. He never made it home. There's no guarantee of tomorrow. There's no guarantee of the next moment. So there's no reason why you should even wait. No excuse is good enough. No excuse. I have some questions. I didn't think I would close this quickly. But 
just the way it flowed. Question for you all are, how has God taken root in your own life? Is it, does it have a root at all? Is it on shallow ground where any storm will come and get blown away? It's the kind of root that is there, but you're too easily swayed by the world or by the riches, the trials. Or do you have the kind of roots that are deep down in the soil, close to the source of life? What kind of soil are you? What kind of soil do you want to be? I know what soil I want to be. The more I learn, the more I teach, the more I learn, the more I want. And I pray the reason that you're here is that you want more and more of Jesus Christ in your life. You want to get to know him. You want to learn his word. That's why I love learning on the past of Mike, Paul, and Joe, and Vinny. They are well grounded. If you hear otherwise, I would turn away. Was that wrong? There's a lot going on here, if anybody has noticed. And it's not even a matter of the growing of bodies. I see a major growing of hearts here. And again, I'm honored to be part of it. I pray for anyone here that I may not recognize or you know your relationship with the Lord. Or if anyone's listening on this, you know, there's a CD right now or the online that if you have any questions, if you doubt if you have a relationship with the Lord in any way, shape, or form, you need to please feel free to ask myself, Pastor Mike, Pastor Vinny, Pastor Joe, Pastor Paul. And I won't leave anybody out. But again, I feel led to just share that tomorrow may not come, may not be here. And you, we take too many things for granted. Even when we're driving, we, take it for, we trust that nobody's going to come into the next lane. What's between us? A little painted line. But we trust that nobody's going to come over. There's no guarantee. And what scares me, too, is all the things I'm seeing, like Pastor Joe is mentioning, all the things on the news now, with all the shootings. I know there are those who want to take the way to guns. I don't agree. I believe that you should be working with the hearts and working with the heart of the issues. You take away the guns, they'll find something else because you're not dealing with the heart of the issue. There's a lot of hearts out there that need help. What are you going to do with your life? 
Are you going to sit and keep this treasure to yourself? That's what it is. It's a gift from God. That we're Christians and we accepted it and received it. Why would we in any way, shape, or form want to keep it to ourselves? How dare we do that? Think about this. Where would each one of you be today? If that person or people didn't share with you. I know where I'd be. I may not be here. I did some nutty things. I'm sure many of you can agree. But God has a, God has a plan for each one of us in our lives. He's chosen us before we even accept it. He knew our futures. The big thing for me is, is that I want to be a part of that. I want to be used. And I want to please the Lord. And I pray that that would be that desire of your heart too. But I pray for those who don't, have not yet given their life, that they would do so and not wait. Again, I just want to lift this all up to you and cause you to think. Let us pray.